0: lock us in load us in pop in that a track spin the tape here we go Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show, and it's one of those special topics casts. It's not the Friday show; it's the Tuesday special show, and that's because it's Matt, Nick, and Pete. And it's always a special cast when Pete's around because he's just a special type of guy. And by guy, I mean cat. All right, my friends. So Nick and I are here today, we, we kind of had our Star Wars special topic thinking caps on, going, "What can we talk about tonight?" We've we've kind of tapped a lot of the speculations and rumor mill stuff for the rise of skywalker at this point in time uh we could maybe pull some more stuff out of our assholes in the future you don't know but right now in terms of what we saw in that teaser i think we've kind of exhausted some of the avenues we could go down in terms of speculations for rise so we're dipping back into the well of star wars time show special topics it's a little reserve a reservoir if you will that we have in our slack community that Nick and I just kind of every once in a while when, when an idea comes to us, we throw it in there for a rainy day. And today is that rainy day. So the topic that is so special on this cast is Star Wars Time Shows Likes and Dislikes of Disney's Handling of the Star Wars License. So we're talking essentially everything Disney has done since they acquired the license from the maker many, many years ago for a cool $4 billion. I mean, this was the beginning, Nick, of their media empire takeover. It it led into them eventually buying Fox. Today, they just bought Hulu. Uh, Pretty much by this time next year, Disney will be the only media company in America, if not the planet.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're taking over quickly, and it's just like— I have to say, you know, going into this, there's a lot of negative perception around Disney or at least some negative perception around Disney, even outside of the Star Wars universe. But I will say that I think between Matt and I, we have more likes for what Disney has done than dislikes. There are definitely some things that we disagree with, but for the most part, I can say that I'm really happy with Disney. And what they've done with Star Wars so far and I'm really looking forward to what's going to be happening down the road in terms of Disney Plus maybe even Hulu now like you said Matt they are complete like stakeholders and controllers of Hulu now like there's a lot of different avenues for Star Wars to come in and make a splash outside of just the big movie theaters that we're used to so. This cast is going to be 100% dedicated to us saying what we like, what we don't like, maybe even what we think they could do better, you know, where we think they could improve.
0: Right, because that's Uh, what they need. They need guys sitting in their basement telling them how to get better, how to to make more trillions, essentially, at this point. (laughs) That's right. I mean, you could never turn
1: down a good idea, right, even if it comes from a basement dweller. We're we're
0: Imagineers in our own minds or something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean Bob Iger is a is a frequent listener. Of course, he has given us feedback personally. So Bob, if you're tuned into the cast yep. today, just just keep keep your uh, ears open. These keep tips are heart free, open. pal.
0: Next ones yeah. they'll cost you a bit. So yeah. I, I guess Nick, because we're positive guys, right? At least I'm a very positive person.
1: A hundred percent. I want
0: to I want to start with the likes. <laughs> <laughs> Because the dislikes, you never know. It, you, you, you could touch a nerve, and I could go on one of my rants, one of my explicative-filled rants. And, and by the way, people, I, there's sometimes when we do the Friday show, I, I definitely have a few beers in me, so I'm usually a bit more animated, and that's why my mouth is pretty horrible. My mouth is horrible all the time, but I was listening back today editing and just going, Jesus, dude, you are pathetic. You have zero vocabulary outside of four-letter words. So I apologize, but I really don't. We put the explicit symbol on it for a reason, and that reason is me. So anyways, dude, we've had this out there for a while. We kind of built this like list. And the first thing we have on there, and people, this is not in chronological order in terms of what Disney has done. It was more a stream-of-conscious type of listicle we had going here in Slack. Uh, so the first one I had a, a Disney-like for me, Nick, or really, these are ours. Uh, a Disney-like was uh, the the announce and the creation and the launch of the Star Wars Rebels animated series. Star Wars Rebels is one of those things where
1: the, the community didn't know it was coming. Like, we heard of the cancellation of of Clone Wars and we're like, holy shit, like, what the fuck's going to happen with animated now? Like, there's nothing that's announced, and then all of a sudden... Disney and Lucasfilm come in with Dave Filoni still at the head and say, hey, we know that you're upset about Clone Wars, but here is Rebels. Rebels will be a spiritual successor in a way to Clone Wars. It's going to be a different era of time, but it's going to be a similar animation style. And it's going to tell an amazing story about this group, this unheard of group of of Rebels that essentially save the galaxy in a lot of ways you know and we get introduced to phoenix squadron we get introduced to kanan and ezra these these two Well, kanan you know a former jedi who survived order 66 caleb Caleb
0: doom fucking doom i just saw someone had that today on instagram so that's why i said it (laughs) i've already i've already started throwing out the (laughs) (laughs) f-bomb
1: I mean, it's you're the you're the Sith in this equation. Exactly. You're the Darth I, Maul I, I to my Obi Wan Kenobi. Whenever I get so, down here,
0: I throw on my black robe and turn on the red lights, and it just it's just yeah. I let that hate flow.
1: Sinks sinks in. Yeah, but dude, and you're then, right. I mean,
0: really, yeah. Rebels it, to me, it ended up turning into probably the best animated series. I mean, I love the Clone Wars. Uh, But it kind of had its issues because it wasn't allowed to kind of run its course. Now, that's been course-corrected by Disney, and that may be a like down the road here. Uh, But it wasn't really allowed to run its course, so it couldn't really finish the narratives that Dave and his team were weaving, where Rebels, even though it was, in my opinion, killed prematurely just four seasons in, that was also kind of a blessing in disguise because it allowed Dave to tell a very poignant story with these characters, and quite frankly, dude, I was moved beyond words. During the finale or the last two episodes of, of Star Wars Rebels, in particular, when, you know, Kanan sacrifices himself to save his his buddies, you know, basically just after he finally committed his his love and, and dedication to Hera, it, it was an extremely touching moment waterworks, crying, sobbing, all that fun stuff. And and I don't know if I've really ever had a a cartoon show, maybe a cartoon movie, but a cartoon show. No way have I ever had something like that move me. So yes, Star Wars Rebels kicked ass. Thank you, Disney.
1: Yeah, exactly. Lots of great storylines started and wrapped up, and then even existing storylines from the live-action movies wrapped up in Rebels, you know, speaking specifically about the Darth Maul, Obi-Wan yep, Kenobi, true. you know. Huge moment, fight, so. huge
0: moment. I mean, they brought, they legitimized Thrawn,
1: mm-hmm. right? I mean, Thrawn. bringing
0: him in. I mean, and then obviously we got the new on books, which made him canon again, so that was fantastic. But we got to see Thrawn in action now, not just on the book, not a not static Thrawn. You got to see a Thrawn in motion, and he was a fantastic yep. character that has kind of permeated into the toy lines now, video games, you know, Swago has a Thrawn in there. He's a badass uh, so Yeah, Rebels was fantastic. Next like here, Nick, I mean, this obviously probably should have been the first one. but This is why at least people like Nick and I appreciate Disney, and, and that's the fact that they released or have almost completed a new Skywalker trilogy. Obviously, that was the mega bonus. That was the, the key to them buying the license, the fact that they came out and said, hey, we got Mark, Harrison, Carrie. They're on board. J.J.'s on board. New cast. We're doing a brand-new Skywalker trilogy, 7, 8, 9, to kind of wrap things up. Now, fast-forward to 2019. Things might have not been handled the best. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the dislike. Uh, but, hey, come on. We got three new Star Wars movies because Disney decided to buy the license from George
1: yeah, I mean, Disney didn't even have to do that with the license. I mean, they literally... What, what people don't realize is that Disney could have bought this license, just continued to use the license to create toys, to create things within their theme parks. They didn't have to expand on the movies. They didn't have to put out new content. They could have just taken the revenue from what was already there, and you know it was still making money. Like, they could have just taken it and, and let it be. Sit on the shelf, do whatever they wanted with it. They could have taken it and said, you know what... Episode six was enough. We're just gonna create new stuff. We're gonna create, you know, TV shows, we're gonna create video games. We may not we may do a movie every now and then, but we're not really gonna focus on that. But they dedicated billions of dollars to the Star Wars franchise and 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 reawoken it, you know? The Force Awakens with episode seven, they they awakened Star Wars again across the world like we never imagined could be done. And, you know, there are people out there who have their disagreements with some of the things that happened in the story, but that's going to happen with, with every property. It doesn't matter if it's Disney or if it doesn't matter if it's, That's so you know, true. It's just, I, I anything.
0: mean, everything is just amplified now because everyone's got a voice. Back in the day, no one had a voice because we, we, we couldn't just get on our phones and start blabbing out into the reaches of space. Yeah, But now you can, and that's why we're in this world that we're in.
1: Yeah, if you weren't Siskel or
0: Ebert back in the day, nobody gave a shit about what exactly. you said about a movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now you got Bob nine thousand with the Twitter egg screaming at you and telling you you're fucking stupid because of your opinion.
1: Yeah. That's so you know, I I think if you if you went around and you did a poll, if you could pull everybody on the planet and ask them, or every Star Wars fan, everybody who claims to be a Star Wars fan, even if they dislike what Disney's doing. You took a poll and you said, do you like the fact that Disney has revived Star Wars? I think there would be an overwhelming majority. Oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. But,
0: but today, I mean, we even got it on uh, an Instagram post of ours where I put out the story about the Game of Thrones guys. And this guy's like, well, yeah, only true fans will come back if they get rid of basically SJW people of color, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. I guess Nick and I are doing something right if we're starting to get these types of people. So
1: yeah, we start getting the hate on yeah, you know, I'll, Instagram I'll fucking posts. take we're it, man. The- I'm not
0: gonna engage in it, but I will take it.
1: Yeah, we're moving the right direction. So, but, but yeah, yeah, that's I mean, where we're
0: at with the Skywalker trilogy. Only, only true fan, only true fans of Star Wars are racists. Yeah, fake good fans point. are not. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I guess I never equated Star Wars fans equal racists, but that's pretty much what this person was yeah, saying. Yeah, that's,
1: that's where we live now. Yeah. But, yeah, of All right, course, so, Star uh, Wars trilogy. Next Star like, Wars. this is, a,
0: a, again, back to the animated space, Nick, and that was the uh, announcement and delivery of Star Wars Resistance, which clearly you and I became huge fans of. I mean, that that was kind of why we're talking tonight. I mean, the whole reason we started doing two episodes of Star Wars Time Show a week was because of Resistance, because we wanted to do a Resistance recap. Uh, we just we love the series. We're so glad that it's got a second season. We've had interactions with Christopher Sean, the uh, voice actor, the lead actor that uh, voices Kaz. It, it's just been a great show. I mean, it's a new look for Star Wars animation. It's telling new stories while also incorporating characters from the Skywalker trilogy. So all in all, man, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Resistance. So another Disney like.
1: Yeah, I couldn't be happier with the way that Resistance turned out. I think that people had some apprehension around it when they saw a different animation style. They're used to seeing animation for Star Wars like Rebels or like Clone Wars. But then once you get into it and once you kind of immerse yourself in the stories that are being told and the characters that are being built, Star Wars Resistance is a fantastic television show. It, you know, does it skew a little bit younger in its first season? I would say that it does. It's definitely more appealing to a younger audience. But for those of us who are really into the stories that are happening between these movies, specifically between the movies that are just releasing, you know, between TFA and TLJ and TLJ and you know, uh, Rise of Skywalker, the, this this series is functioning in a space that we're not really familiar with. With Star Wars animation because if we look at you know the the place where all of the move or or all of the um, previous animated series took place it was our it was in between movies that had already finished so we knew what the what the outcome of the events were going to be regardless like we knew that Clone Wars was eventually going to lead to episode three where Anakin has his fallen turn to Darth Vader we knew that Rebels was going to lead into a period of time in the Empire where you know we see the uh the original trilogy so we we know that the the events that were going to take place there but this is filling in gaps for events that we don't know what's going to happen yet so like we we have no idea where um where resistance is going to take us because we don't know how the star wars uh sequel trilogy is going to end yet so i i think it was really cool to have this cartoon series giving you information about uh this new trilogy and where it was going to go and the characters that were built were fantastic yeah I love Star Wars Resistance. It literally, like you said, we took another day, carved it out to make another podcast specifically around it. And now we're continuing that on uh, with these special topic casts until Resistance returns later this year.
0: Yeah, so if you think our special topics suck, you can just come back in the fall because we'll be back to doing Resistance recaps. (laughs) So there's always that to look forward to. So We've always got something for you people. We're always thinking. Uh, Next up, and this one may kind of be a meh meh now because it sounds like these yeah. are dead. But I did, I do, or I did, I kind of have to say it in the past tense now. I did appreciate the fact that Disney tried some standalone Star Wars movies. And, and quite frankly, I think it's a fucking shame that it looks like they're they're giving up on them. I mean, we don't know if the Gott Bros are going to be doing a trilogy, if they're just doing three standalones. One would think it's probably going to be tied together. Uh, but either way, I, I, I did like the idea of Star Wars standalones. I still like the idea of Star Wars standalones. But that roadmap given to us last week, Nick, though, it sounds like the standalones, unless the new guys, that's what they're doing, are dead.
1: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the two that we got. I think that they gave really good value to the original trilogy as a whole. Um, and I saw that value play out in real time. Showing them to my to my girlfriend who had never seen Star Wars before. So, essentially, the way that I introduced her to Star Wars was through Rogue One. Like, people think that's a little odd. Like, why would you start with Rogue One? And I found that showing her Rogue One gave extremely good context into how we got to where we were in Episode 4. Without even showing her the, the prequels. Like, she still hasn't seen the prequels to this day. So one rogue one's a fantastic entry into the original trilogy and if you have people who may be resistant to the idea of like older movies because they look old rogue one's brand new fantastic graphics some of the best graphics or cg that we see in any star wars film in fact and it tells a really pertinent story and a really touching story with Jin and her father um and then Solo, I think, was super fun.
0: I love Solo, Show- that, that I, yeah. It fucking kills me that that's dead now, that we're probably never going to see that cast together again. I know. I mean, it,
1: and we had such iconic characters being portrayed by new people who picked up the mantle and did a fantastic job with Han being played by Alden Ehrenreich, and then you had Lando being played by um, Donald Glover. Obviously, June is taking over the mantle for uh, Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, Um, But then we also had fantastic new characters like Leet giving context as to why the Falcon is the best, has the best navic computer in the galaxy. You had Kira showing how Han had this hardened exterior that we saw in episode four. And then also, you know, just with Enfys Nest and the Cloud Rider showing how the rebellion was able to build up forces and build up this stockpile of supplies that they needed to even think about contesting the empire. Um, I also found that showing somebody like showing my girlfriend solo before watching empire was also really useful because she could, she watched empire. We watched empire in a drive in it was really cool. And she said, Oh my God, like I thought it was really cool that, Donald Glover played Lando in Solo, and he's just like Lando from Empire okay, Strikes dude, Back. Okay, dude, I gotta
0: ask: Did she pick up on the fact that Lando calls Han Han, and Chewbacca Chewbacca? I don't. She didn't pick up on that because that's like deep <laughs> cut stuff that only like psychos
1: like us catch. But she did like enough. She was like, "Look, they like they dress the same, they act the same. Like Donald Glover was the perfect character yeah. to play Lando, and I was like, this is why I showed her Solo before. Hey, Han Empire." Yeah, I mean it's it's perfect. So um, these movies were fantastic, and I really hope that if this new trilogy starts in twenty twenty two or whatever the you know Weiss and Benioff are gonna do, if it comes out and it smashes like it kills in the box office, I really do hope that they think about reviving the standalones. Uh, you know, they they have value. They they give this context into the universe that we haven't seen before yeah, outside I mean, of mean, you, you made the a
0: great life. case for why these things kick ass, and it just makes me even angrier that they're probably dead, in particular the Solo one, because I, I think we're going to get at least one more great story, more Maul, more Kira, more Han, more Jabba, more Chewie, more Scoundrels, more bounty hunters. Now it's all gone. I mean, they, they may fold some back into the Mando and... You know, Iger today revealed that there's potentially a third live-action series in the works that may debut before the 2022 Star Wars movie from the God Bros. But it, it is a bummer to think that these standalones are probably toast because of uh, some missteps that we're going to talk about in the dislike section. Don't you worry. But up next, hell, we, we've been talking about them. We've got, thanks to Disney, Star Wars TV shows. I mean, we've got one literally coming out this November. We know we've got one, a Rogue One prequel. You know, you heard just how highly Nick spoke of Rogue One, so we got that coming. And as I just kind of spilled the tease there, Iger said there's a good chance we're going to have another live action series dropping sometime in 2021. So I, I love this. I mean, we, we were at Celebration. We saw the panel for Mando. We see what a Star Wars live-action series could look like, and I think it's going to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, especially with people at the helm like Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni. I mean, that's the most important thing when you're doing long-form television shows is, is not only – you know the content of the TV shows, but who you put in charge of it? Right. And if anybody has proven themselves, it's it's Dave Filoni. Like Dave Filoni has he, been he's Star he's Wars fucking animation.
0: George's protege. I mean, let, let's let's quit pretending here. George groomed Dave to be his his spiritual successor, the 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 narrative torch carrier from the selling of Lucasfilm from George himself to Disney. And Disney, until Filoni wants to retire. Uh, I mean, make make no bones about, Dave Filoni is the George Lucas at Disney.
1: Yeah, and they correctly identified that. And I think Kathleen had known all along that, you know, if we're going to continue to do Star Wars television, whether it be live action or not, Dave has to be involved. And... The level of involvement he's had with the Mandalorian, the level of involvement I assume that he will have with at least some portions of the Cassian Andor spin-off series for Rogue One, um, it, it shows the level of care that they're throwing into these TV shows. And I mean, you know, a lot of people out there haven't seen what we saw from the Mandalorian panel. They haven't really released anything. It, it's yet, Game
0: but, of Thrones quality. Like we're we're talking exactly. top fucking notch. You know, with ten million an episode type of shit.
1: Yeah. So. The, they've spared no expense here, and it just goes to show that they—they're not treating this like supplementary content. They're just—they're—they're they're treating this as its own thing. Like they're not saying like, okay, well, you have the movies, but then you know, on the side, we have these TV shows. They're—they're they're all in on the TV shows. Well, how, dude? I and, mean, we
0: learned these TV shows have essentially created a studio in LA for doing Star Wars. There's never been live-action Star Wars really shot in the states. It's always. They always do it over in Pinewood, over in England. That's just how it is. I don't know if there's some sort of secret society deal. But for some reason, you can't fucking shoot a Star Wars movie on a soundstage, at least, in America.
1: Yeah, it's very weird. You can't do it. You can't
0: use an American crew. You just can't do it.
1: Yeah, so now for us psychos who, who think about every now and then crashing a Star Wars set... We don't have to go across the pond to do it if you're in the United States. You can just make a road trip to L.A. and see what you can find. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, set pics and screenshots directly from,
0: you know. I'm pretty sure that's what Jason Jason from making Star Wars has been doing this entire time. Yeah, he just camps camps it out.
1: He camps it out, and he takes phone pictures, and that's how we get these fantastic looks that we get. But, yeah, I mean, Star Wars shows in production – that's, that's never happened before, live act. They've been talked about, you know, George at one time after the the rap of uh, Revenge of the Sith said, yeah, you know, I had this idea for a Star Wars TV show. Well, he wasn't talking about Clone Wars. He was talking about a live action TV show, but it never came to fruition because there was never an avenue for it back then. There wasn't streaming services. There weren't anything yeah, you're, like you're that. You're
0: so right. I mean, it would have been you impossible know. back in 05, hell, even 10 years ago almost, it would have been impossible to do something like this. I mean, now you're going to see a lot of this stuff. I mean, every every license holder is now either starting their own streaming service or creating content for their own service. I mean, DC does it. CBS fucking does it with their new Star Trek stuff. Um, it's just, it's the name of the game. So that's a very very good point there from Nick on why things like this are happening now and why it's much easier for this to happen. But again, people, just think about that. We, we have essentially star wars game of thrones level quality content coming this november and, and years ago prior to disney buying this that that's pipe dream shit everything we're talking yeah. about is pipe dream shit outside of some of the animated stuff
1: yeah very true so
0: yeah awesome like i said we we, we know we got tune production Iger kind of let slip that there's a, a third one. Who knows what that can be, but I'm all for it. Sign me up. This shit's basically for free. I mean, I think they're, what, $5.99, $6.99 a month. Whatever. That, that That's so worth it. I mean, I would pay that. I'll pay it twice just to watch The Mandalorian, not to mention all Absolutely. the other shit you're going to get. So uh, the other thing, Disney, that we like about Disney, and that's the fact that, hey, you know, yeah, we did the Skywalker trilogy, but guess what? We have six more movies planned. We, now we don't know if they're trilogies, but Disney has greenlit the Game of Thrones duo, DB Weiss, David Benioff, and for now, Mr. Ryan Johnson to do three Star Wars movies apiece. So three for the duo, three for Ryan. I, I like it. I like it. Say what you want about Ryan, say what you want about the Game of Thrones guys in the end. The fact that I know there's six potential more Star Wars movies to watch, ones that will have nothing to do with the Skywalkers, I'm all for it. Sign me to fuck up. I love me some Skywalkers. That's the reason I'm into this shit in the first place. Uh, four, five, and six will always be near and dear to me. So will seven, eight, nine, one, two, and three, I'll think about you.
1: You'll be in my <laughs> thoughts,
0: maybe my prayers. Uh, but in the end, Nick, it's Star Wars. That's all I give a shit about. That's why I like shows like Resistance, where you do get kind of new stuff, new characters, new locations. Uh, so I'm, I'm all about this. So, yes, please, that this, yes, we like Disney because they're making Star Wars movies.
1: Content. I mean, this is the thing that, that we wanted from the start is, is content. And I think Disney correctly identified that they could only run the Skywalker license so far. And, you know, three, three more movies was about as much as you're going to get out of it, I think. And to do what they're doing now and and not only say, okay, we have played out the Skywalker saga to its completion with these characters. But say now, you know, to say now we're going to go a different direction for Star Wars. We're going to go somewhere that we've never gone before ever in the history of Star Wars. We're going to go away from the Skywalkers and, you know. Obviously, this has been done in video games. If you look at the Knights of the Old Republic games, clearly they went you know a different direction. Outside of that, though, like outside of Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic Two, Star Wars: The Old Republic MMO, you don't have a lot of content that doesn't involve the Skywalkers or or does not use the Skywalkers as a as a pivot point for what it's doing. These new trilogies are going to be completely and wholly disconnected from anything we've ever known. We're we're in a completely new universe, and I'm not talking like. You know, we may be in a new universe in in Star Wars. Like literally. But we're in a we're in a new universe in terms of places that we've been with Star Wars. We've never been here before. So I'm very interested to see how Disney is gonna treat these. Are they gonna Are they gonna use these as jumping off points for new stories that they intend to continue in the, the future? So are we gonna get three from Weiss and Benioff with the possibility of three more, you know, if it blows up, if it is right. Like, super like popular. Will these be
0: new Skywalker sagas in and of themselves.
1: Exactly. Like Disney knows that they have the potential. If they don't fuck it up, they have the potential to make star Wars movies until the day everybody dies, you know, which if could you be sooner it, than well, later. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, really at the rate that we're destroying this. world, I, yeah, I honestly <laughs> thought I would get
0: out of here in my lifetime before the apocalypse but i don't think that's gonna be the case anymore yeah i mean star wars movies may stop being made because we
1: physically can't don't have a world to create them on anymore yeah but um they they identified that they have the opportunity to bring it beyond that like star wars has always been the skywalkers and now we're finding out and we're going to find out with this new trilogy f- coming out in 2022. I mean, 3 years is a long time, but it's also not a long time. Yeah, man.
0: Like if there's not going to be any skywalkers. You you better make sure there's a lightsaber in it or some people are just not yeah. going to be able to process it. Exactly. Like, like that's some the only people, two people are so I keyed want. in on Star Wars has to either be skywalkers or lightsabers. Anything else is trash.
1: Yeah. So, it's I'm I'm really happy that they did that though cuz they could have very easily said we're going to do 6 uh, 7 8 nine and then we're going to call it. We'll do other content, but no, like they're all in. It just goes to show you that Disney is all in on Star hey, don't Wars. Don't get and me that's wrong. I'd be,
0: I'd be all in on watching another three movies with Ray, Finn, Poe, and Kylo if they all make it out too. So I don't Definitely know if those agree. would technically still be considered Skywalker movies, but uh, I guess if Ben makes it, yeah, I don't, I, I don't yeah. know, man. I really, I, I do think a majority of, fans do like the new cast. I, I just, I love Ray. I love Finn, fan of Poe, love Kylo. I just don't want them to go away. Yeah. I I, I would like to see them kind of out from underneath the Skywalker saga, kind of doing their own thing. Something very new and uh, unique that we've never seen people, uh, you know, in the Skywalker movies do.
1: I think it's a good way of putting it is out from underneath the Skywalker you know visage or the skywalker Uh, like technically who
0: knows maybe ray is we know ben is i mean if they both make it we don't think ben's gonna make it so i think they could still get away with it but i would i would be all about watching uh ray and company go at it again so hey either way as we've said we we know we at least have star wars coming out until 2026 not a huge fan of schedule we're going to talk about that here in a little bit but that's why we like disney they're creating that content And in the end, Star Wars content is Star Wars content. I mean, we accept the prequels. We can accept anything, in my mind. True. (laughs) All right, so the next one here, and really this could be the most epic-like that Disney has done, especially for hardcore fans, and that's the fact that it has invested in two Star Wars Galaxy's Edge theme parks in the world, one in Florida, one out in California, that is literally has brought a sliver of that galaxy from far, far away, to the Earth. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I've seen it from a distance. We've seen the promotional materials. Nick and I saw some of the the props and crap at celebration that you're gonna be able to interact with. This is anything and everything a Star Wars fan has wanted in their lives. So as I said, when I preface this, th- this could very well end up being the greatest thing Disney contributes to the Star Wars verse, and that's Galaxy's Edge Parks. Galaxy's Edge, if th- there are people out there who literally think that Disney's just going
1: for cash grabs with Star Wars, like, oh, creating these movies was a cash grab. What do
0: people think businesses exist to do?
1: Yeah, especially in a
0: capitalistic society, like what, what the fuck are people talking about? We think they're just going to give George four billion dollars and then stick their thumbs up their asses? Yeah, like,
1: like of course they're trying to make money, but here's here's a good example of how they're investing it back into the fandom. This is a billion dollars each; these parks, like, this is no joke. This is real world dollars that they're putting in to a Star Wars park that they really... I mean, like, who knows? They're, they're, it's going to be very hard to measure the impact of what this is going to have on the Disney parks. Like, they'll be able to see revenue differences as soon as it opens. But, like, they just invested $2 billion to build a live, real-world place that Star Wars fans can go oh, and dude, interact dude, with their favorite... These shits
0: will be paid favorite. off in a year. I, I mean, they've, they've already had to, during the opening, what, month or whatever... You're only allowed in the park for four hours and the only yep. way you get in there is if you won a fucking lottery.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, that's how crazy this is, dude. Like, this stuff is no joke. Like, these these Disney theme parks are literally people's lives. Like, you know, I my family holds a, a timeshare there. Like, we're essentially investors in Disney and, you know... Adding Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to Disney World and Disneyland just goes to show you that like Disney Disney is not just in this for the movies. They're not just in it for the merchandise. Like Star Wars is a part of Disney now. Yes. Like nothing makes it into a into the park that is not quintessentially Disney. And like That is more than we could have ever expected, like not in my wildest dreams that I think when this acquisition went down that they were literally going to take a part of their parks, which has been, you know, the the crux of Disney for almost the the span of its life and say, okay, we're going to rip down everything that was there and we're going to dedicate a huge swath of this land to just Star Wars and not only to Star Wars, but an authentic Star Wars experience to the point where they have actors that work in there that live in this, in this world that have conversational pieces that are completely dictated by Batuu and what is happening on that planet. And so much so that you can follow storylines from real world vendors. Like you go to get a, you know, a blue milk from a vendor and they are literally can talk to you about what's happening at the, the scrap shop that's around the corner. Like that's something that's never been done before. That's never even yeah, it's been gonna attempted be ridiculous.
0: Before. I mean, the one thing we really haven't been talking about with all these likes, I mean, just think about all of the jobs and work. Disney has created by buying star Wars. Oh, I yeah. mean that—that's not something fun to talk about. But I mean, just in *Galaxy's Edge*, all these people getting work and probably work forever. I mean, I don't see Disney parks closing. Uh, all the studios making the live-action TV shows, the movies, this, that, and the other thing. So that—that's a a huge bonus too. When you know, when we want to get here and get angry at Disney, you got to remember, yeah, they're they're spending money, they're making a ton of it, but they're also giving people work. And, and, yeah. and good work, I would think. I mean, I don't know if they're a bunch of dickhead sweatshop runners. They they very well could be. Most mega corporations are. Uh, but that, that's something we, we've kind of looked over. So as Nick said, I mean, these Galaxy's Edge places are going to be ridiculous. Um, uh, it, Ryan, the intern, he's going this fall, so he may be the first one to get there. I know Nick's headed out. Uh, I, in November. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to be the last. I'm gonna delay until I can get in there, and there's no weird rules and times and whatever. I want to stay in the themed hotels, all that fun stuff. So I just gotta keep harvesting kidneys to earn my keep <laughs> to go there. But until then, uh, hopefully we'll get a report, you know that this this winter, this December, late November from Nick on on what he thought because I, I think it's gonna blow his mind. And honestly, I don't know if he'll come back. He'll probably be one of those yeah. people that he'll literally quit and he'll, he'll join Galaxy's Edge as a cast member. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might. I very well yeah. might,
1: because <laughs> it seems like it's going to be everything we've ever wanted for a Star Wars slice of heaven in, on Earth. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll so see.
0: huge, huge like from Disney there. Good job, Bob. Good job. Good thinking. All right, this next one, I mean, I, I, this probably isn't going to resonate with people that don't have kids yet, uh, but maybe if you're a, a huge fan... And your best friend or your friends aren't quite into Star Wars. I think what what Disney did with the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, and and even before that with Forces of Destiny, those shorts they did, uh, they've really done a great service for young kids, parents that are Star Wars fans, trying to get kids into Star Wars. And like I said, maybe super fans that are just trying to share their fandom with not-so-super fans. Uh, because what Star Wars Kids has put out with the Star Wars Galaxies Adventure shorts, as well as their fun facts and just the the videos, uh, I mean, Nick, it's it's turned into kind of my daughter and I's Saturday morning cartoons now. Like every Saturday, she'll come down to the basement, Star Wars Time HQ, we'll feed the cat, I'll fire up the, the workstation, try to get some work in as I'm watching her not knocking over my expensive Barbies and all this <laughs> other fun stuff. But it, it's, she, hey, Daddy, I, can we watch the cartoons? And I'll throw these Star Wars Galaxies Adventure shorts on. And a new one comes every week. And she she now looks forward to that. She's like, "Is it, a new one here. And, and I'll start them and then they'll just kind of play through the playlist. And what these things do, Nick, I, I don't I don't know if you've watched every one. I, I try to at least show the Galaxies Adventure shorts every week on StarWarsTime.net. Uh, but they, they retell iconic moments from the films, and they do it with a visual flair that makes the moments even more iconic and super duper than they initially were. I mean, it, it is just, it's fantastic. I want all the movies redone this way, kind of in a speed run fashion, but redone with this visual style. But in the end, it, it's just, my kid didn't need it. I mean, the force has been with her basically since birth. Uh, But clearly she loves the programming on this Star Wars Kids YouTube. And it's just, it's a great venue, medium, place to go for Star Wars fans that want to share why they're fans with other people. And at least clue them in on, this is why I like Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've never had like short form Star Wars before. I mean, even if you consider the animated series short form, we've never had it in this way, where you could have bite-sized chunks. Of star wars lore given to you in a fashion that you've never seen it before like like you said with galaxy of adventures it was fantastic i mean one of my favorite ones was showing the luke wampa fight and like made luke look way more of a badass than he did in the movie like in the movie he just kind of like got out like swung his lightsaber and then walked away like and this it you know it looked way way cooler and it is it's so kid friendly and I've said this before on other podcasts. Like the way that you sustain a fandom is you 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 rope in the children, and like Marvel has that pretty easy because their content is already pretty kid friendly. Like, what kid doesn't love superheroes? Um, Star Wars is a little different. Like Star Wars, you know, as much as George says Star Wars was built for children, he's on dr- like he's on it,
0: fucking drugs.
1: Yeah, like it appeals more to a to a to an audience that's skewed slightly older, maybe in their you know early mid-teens to adulthood so like wrapping in a kid into star wars is harder you know we had the animated series but now with star wars kids youtube like it's perfect you can show them scenes from the original trilogy get them invested in those characters from the original trilogy without having to worry about them sitting through a two-hour long movie that came out in 1977 like that's a hard ask for you know a small child but you can get them invested in the characters in a different not way. So kids. that's what sustains it. Every fucking it. Yeah, Friday not night. Hey,
0: Daddy, can we watch Empire? She now knows that it's a weekend night. And she's like, all right, let's do it.
1: Empire time. That's it. Empire I mean-
0: Strikes Back. That's her movie.
1: There you go. Doesn't matter. We, we, we
0: watch it at least twice a weekend now.
1: Uh, I mean, you know... I could see that getting old as much of a star Wars fan. Oh, dude, as I it, am. it gets like, old and... as fuck,
0: but what are you going to do when your little kids begging you to watch star Wars? I mean, I don't sit yeah. there and, and actively watch it anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, you could probably fall asleep and recite Right, every It's line just in the to... background.
0: But I mean, it, it's the cutest fucking thing when she gets home from daycare on Friday and she knows it's Friday. She knows pop-ups there to watch her and she knows, all right, this means I can stay up and I can watch empire strikes back.
1: Yeah, and it cultivates those moments. Like you saw, like on your personal uh, Instagram page, you posted that video that Mark Hamill threw a like on, where it's literally Charlie spinning around in circles, saying the scruffy-looking nerf herder line from Empire. Like, you don't get that without Star Wars YouTube. And the best part is she knows
0: how to use it. Like I I heard her is last night. Heather said something to her in the bath, and she's like, "Oh, you scruffy-looking nerf herder." Like, (laughs) basically, it's it's her way of saying, "Go fuck yourself, mom and dad." Yeah, uh, but, perfect. but she does it in that fashion, so I guess it's <laughs> it's kind of cute. But no, nah, man, I mean that's what I said. That's what I'm saying about these the the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. It's just got great shit, uh, great content to get new fans in. Old fans will appreciate the look. Uh, so I, I definitely recommend giving it a sub, or at least looking for the post on StarWarsTime.net each week when I throw out the short. All right, so as we kind of wrap some of our our likes, I mean, another one here, obviously, this is huge. We're about to talk about it in the dislikes, but a like from Disney is the fact that, hey, they realized that the Clone Wars was special to people. It didn't end the right way, so they are bringing it back.
1: Yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, I think this may have been like like a jab from Dave Filoni, like, hey, I gave you Rebels. I'm, you know... Assisting in the creation of Mandalorian, if you want to give back to me, give this back to me. And they did. So we all know that there's still a fantastic storyline to be wrapped up with Clone Wars, and we're looking forward to it. The first trailer definitely got people hyped, and then seeing where we're going to be going from there is Is that coming really
0: this fun. November too? I mean, is that also going to be a I don't launch? Think
1: they didn't confirm right, whether it's they a didn't, or I don't, or not I don't
0: think they gave any confirmation. no yeah based
1: off of based off of what we got from that launch list for disney plus clone wars revival was not on there for day one um so possibly 2020
0: hopefully early 2020 we're not like just gonna drag this shit out you know yeah agreed let's get it on all right so last one this is just for no i'm sorry we got two more Well, I mean, this one, Nick, you kind of mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the show notes before we went live. But I I had on here as a like that that Disney took control of the EU and they are now, you know, kind of curating it, regulating it with the story group, whatever. They're going to be in the dislike. So I don't like them too much. (laughs) <laughs> uh but you know they, they're like the eu we need to just blow it up and start over because shit was just kind of out of control authors were doing whatever the fuck they want i mean at one point in time someone killed fucking chewbacca they did all right they so killed <laughs> disney came in they're like you know what yes this stuff uh, these are now legends we're going to liberally borrow from legends and incorporate it into the new stuff but it, they're no longer canon this is the new canon moving forward via video games, comics, books, etc. And they really haven't let up. I mean, on our last Friday show, we just talked about the new book path, the book rollout schedule for Rise of Skywalker. All that's new canon to flesh in. Uh, moments that have happened in between tlj and that movie as well as just side stories to expand the universe that's what eu stands for in the first place so nick i mean i know you're a huge old school eu guy but i think you agree that the fact that disney's kind of taken this on made the hard choice to legendize all the old stuff but have borrowed from it and and they're kind of reintroducing a lot of it into this new canon
1: yeah, I mean, as a huge fan of the old EU, like you said it, it, was kind of like a gut punch when they said like all of these fantastic stories you read are no longer canon. But when you're working the way that Disney's working there and they're expanding and they're telling new stories, I understand why they did it. They kind of had to do it, you know? They had to open up space for themselves to tell stories. So I'm glad that they're doing it the way that they are. They're rebooting it from the ground up. They're they're reintroducing fan favorites, but they're also doing they're doing it with Authors that we already know in some cases, Timothy Zahn, like you mentioned before, coming back and reintroducing Thrawn to the whole, you know, Star Wars expanded universe, was a fantastic way to do it. So I'm a huge fan of the way that Disney's building it out. They're not building it out haphazardly. They're doing it with care, and they're ensuring that the stories that are being told in the expanded universe line up with the stories that are being told elsewhere outside of the expanded universe. So um, it does suck. You know, sometimes I want to just say, like, go read the Darth Bane books. They're canon, but they're not anymore. I'm still a fan of the direction they're going.
0: Yeah, if anything, I'm disappointed in the fact that I suck at keeping up with the new EU. because <laughs> It's so, dude. But, it, but it's, you it's and I, so I, are we're true. pathetic in yeah, our know, consumption of anything that isn't fucking movies or TV. We're like, if you have to read it, we will not consume it. We just, we yeah. don't do it. We, we have an it, it, we have an aversion to the written word for some reason. I know. But I know, I know so there's weird. some great comics out there. I know there's some great books out there. I mean, there's a bunch going on right now revealing insights into Dooku and why he left the order and Qui-Gon and, and his interpretation of the Chosen One uh, prophecy, this, that, and the other thing. And Nick and I, we just kind of get it through social media by other people that take the time and read it, so... Shame on us, but I I do appreciate Disney kind of taking that charge and progressing the EU further and setting a new canon. So, last but not least, we had to mention this, and the only reason I include it as a Disney-like, because their logo splashes on it as soon as I click on the icon on my phone, and that is Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, the greatest free-to-play mobile video game ever made.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I was never a mobile game player. Like I would play little things here and there, but nothing ever got me invested until I played galaxy heroes. And of course it would take a star Wars mobile game to get me there. But I don't think that, that EA capital games and Disney could have made anything better with this. Like they essentially made a genre of mobile game that is now being copied by the likes of Marvel and others. Like I I'm pretty sure that Disney now has their own version of of galaxy of heroes that's just called disney battle arena or something like that like <laughs> they they created a genre they they rule the genre and they're they're making a ton of money off of it and it's fantastically fun to play so yeah i mean i can't i could never complain about it's it. it's
0: my number one screen time entry every day on my phone now because ios it has built in screen time app i got a widget so i can look at it every day i'm on that fucking game an hour plus if not more yeah, I mean, uh, fantastic. So, yes, that I thank you, Disney. If you if you do anything, if, if you don't do anything else, I still love you for Swago. Even though, literally, you just slap your name on it and you really had nothing to do with it outside of saying, here's the video game license, have at it. Which we're going to be talking about in our dislike section. So, yeah, obviously, the, the bulk of this episode was dedicated to the liking. Because in the end, even though I'm the Sith, I'm the angry one, I still love what Disney is doing in general. I could eat Star Wars all day long. Again, if you listen to the last cast where I kind of have my my stroke off about the, uh, the announcement that we're going to have a three-year break after Rise, you get it. You understand where I'm coming from. I could watch Star Wars every day. I basically do now with my three-year-old, but new stuff, keep it coming. I don't care. Thank you, Disney. So in terms of dislikes, one that really – kind of upset me at first and we've already touched upon it so I don't know how uh, in depth we have to go but the fact that when disney got the license uh, they you know they brought over the clone wars and then literally they're like yeah we're done yeah and just killed it killed it right as it was rolling or just as it finished its fifth season huge huge narrative arcs were just kind of halted and then we got the kind of the half-assed lost mission stuff and that was kind of a bummer because I, I love the Clone Wars. Uh, I've said that many times before in this cast. To me, the Clone Wars is the definitive version of the Star Wars prequel era, live action or animated. Those are where the best Clone Wars era or the rare prequel era stories come from. Uh, so it, it, it sucked that Disney was like, you know what? We didn't have a hand in creating this, so we're just going to kind of kill it and we're going to drop off our Rebels baby, which in the end turned out being. Pr- in my opinion, until we see Clone Wars resolved, even better than the Clone Wars. Uh, but it, it did suck, Nick, that Disney just kind of whacked that thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what went into it because obviously there was a decision making process on Disney's end, but like the way it was handled, and then look, I appreciate Netflix for doing the Lost Missions for giving people more content, but I don't think that they were even given the tools by Disney to properly do it. You know, they had to work with what was in front of them. Disney probably didn't allow them to do a lot of things. So I, I really do think that they should have handled that better. Maybe, you know, worked with whatever parties needed to be worked with to get Filoni, the opportunity to wrap it up properly when it was, when it was still live. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it wasn't the greatest first step for Disney to take into the star Wars universe is to say, Hey, one of the most, I mean, the, the only Disney, TV show ever is being canceled now that we own it. That was a yeah, very odd Just after decision. one of the main
0: characters leaves and you don't know what the fuck's going on, but here you go. Yeah. So th- so that was a bummer. Uh, this next one here, I- I'm going to kind of lump two of these dislikes in, Nick, because they go hand in hand in my opinion. And, and what, what this encompasses, my friends, is is how Disney and this so-called story group handled the narrative for the, the new Skywalker trilogy. So... Uh, essentially, my my dislikes here is that there is a lack of story group oversight for the Skywalker trilogy, the new Skywalker trilogy. Uh, we, we've basically found through behind the scenes, interviews, this, that, and the other thing, J.J. was allowed to write whatever the fuck he wanted to, Ryan was allowed to write whatever the fuck he wanted to, and Colin was allowed to write whatever the fuck he wanted to. No matter how you slice it, they're all individuals, they're all artists, they're all going to kind of want to put their own spin on it. And, and look where that has kind of gotten us. So that's the first part of it, Nick, is that what the what was the point? What's the story group doing? There should have been some sort of general beats that needed to be hit, and then the directors could have came in and, and used their creativity to fill those spaces in. The, the, the second part of this is the fact that we had rotating directors. I think both of those, when put together, was a recipe for some of the uh, disasters, if you will, that we've had uh, surrounding this new trilogy. I mean, we've had a director fired. We've had one get death threats. Uh, it, we've had one's movie come out where people are—they uh, want to cut ties with Disney and Star Wars altogether, together. And I think a lot of that could have been averted if the story group just said, here are the general story beats, fill in the blanks, and JJ, you're doing the trilogy.
1: Yeah, either one of those could have solved it. So, you know, just for context, like, Colin Trevorrow, if you don't know this, this is a very interesting piece, which basically led us to this assumption that the story group is useless. Like, Colin Trevorrow wrote his episode nine script, that included both a living Luke Skywalker and a living Princess Leia. And they were both big parts of the story. Like, if he would have had any sort of oversight or any sort of knowledge of what Ryan was doing, or even given, you know, guidance from well, the mean, story group he, to say he, like he knew hey, what
0: Ryan was doing, that's why he ultimately ended up leaving.
1: Yeah, well once yeah, once he found out, he was like, Hold up, my story that I already wrote includes these characters. So like The lack of of knowledge sharing and the lack of oversight from the story group essentially made it to where you had one director had to get fired because he didn't want to work off of a script that he hadn't written. Like, he already had his story in place. He just couldn't do it because the guy who came before him was allowed to do whatever he wanted to do. So I think you said it perfectly. It's these two things working in tandem. If you had a story group that was saying, like, hey, you know, in episode seven Han Solo is going to die in episode eight you know we're going to have Snoke die and then we're going to have Luke Skywalker die and in episode nine we're going to carry on the story from there like if if people would have known that then you could have rotating directors you could have three different directors like you did with the original trilogy the original trilogy worked with three different directors because George was there as the story keeper the whole way like he was essentially I don't want to say it was shadow directing because he probably wasn't but like he was there to say, like, you can't do that because in this next movie, you know, exactly. Leia is I mean, going to do this. He, he like, He's the fucking guy. Yeah. So we assumed that the story group was going to be the George of this trilogy. But when we found out that, that they weren't, we, we realized, like, oh, this is why shit got so fucked with the Colin situation and... You know, JJ having to come in and salvage and do right. Whatever and when he's Nick doing. says
0: "so fucked," he's not speaking from the story is so fucked, and Ryan's an yeah. asshole, and this, that, and the other thing. It's just all that could have been avoided. A lot of this exactly. drama and divisiveness could have been avoided. And really, the the true answer to me, Nick, was JJ should have done this the trilogy from the get go.
1: Yeah, should have wrote it I, all,
0: directed all three. I'm a fan of The Last Jedi. I, I still like it uh, well over a year later. I'm not, you know, I, a lot of people like, oh, I wonder what you'll think a year from now or two years. I, I still like it. Still really enjoy it. I, I, there's some great stuff in there. There's some other stuff. I'm like, hey, whatever. Uh, but I definitely didn't react to it like some people. But in the end, we didn't even need that. We didn't need that. We, we, we needed one guy or one story, one coherent story over three movies to be told or girl and it didn't happen and now we're kind of have gotten what we gotten and i think it's all going to be fine in the end i think jj yeah. is going to absolutely slay Rise of skywalker i think it's even going to make it hard for trolls to keep shitting on tlj because i think he's going to pay off and stuff that was set up there and that middle movie is finally going to make sense as most middle movies do when the full story is told yeah Remember, people, Empire literally wasn't really that good of a movie, and it's pretty much The Last Jedi to a T. Yeah,
1: and look, Disney realized their mistake here, and that's why they've given full trilogies of movies to Weiss and Benioff and to Ryan. They realized, like, okay, maybe having three disparate directors doing their own thing is not the best way to do it. So here, Ryan, here's three. Weiss, Benioff, here's three. These are your stories to tell. We're not going to have anybody else, you know, messing with you there.
0: Now, my buddy still thinks the reason they're leaving two years in between movies now instead of one is to course correct based on um, feed, like fan reception.
1: Fan It's very possible. Right. It definitely is. So, so we'll, see. we'll see how it plays out.
0: All right, so that, that kind of kills two birds with one stone. Uh, another dislike here, and really I I don't want to go too deep into this because this this also came up in my tirade in the in the last cast, episode 40, if you will. Uh, but the, the misstep with the Solo release, and, and that's exactly what it was. It had nothing to do with the movie. It had nothing to do with the fact that Ron Howard had to come in and save it. It's a damn good movie. The reason Solo failed is because Bob Iger and the, the powers that be – Got cocky, got stupid, and for some reason thought that jamming a Star Wars movie out with hardly any promotion after the most divisive movie ever to release in favor of letting Mary fucking Poppins release when the Star Wars movies typically release. It just it it was a recipe for disaster and it got Disney burnt. It got the solo franchise essentially killed, as well as standalone Star Wars movies.
1: Yeah, that was the biggest mistake that they've made by far, in my opinion. And look, there's a big one coming up right after this, but like in my opinion, the worst thing that they've done so far is the solo release, and there's no there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Like we know of movies that have been cancelled because of this. We know that, you know, this this idea of spin-offs is now either shelved or completely dismissed now because of this. And that's purely on Iger. You know, they, they could have moved. It was very easy to say like, hey, Mary Poppins, you can either move up or you can move back. But this slot, this is the Star Wars slot now. And they didn't do it. They incorrectly assumed that the, that the franchise was Teflon and that it was, you know, it, it was unimpeachable. But obviously in today's world, Nothing is Teflon or unimpeachable. Like it, it, doesn't matter what the title of your franchise is, things can still hurt it. So, um, I think that was that's the biggest mistake by far.
0: True, true. Well, I think we're gonna get into a, a huge one, especially if you're a gamer here, and just the lack of AAA games. you remember at Disney? They get they got the license and. Early on, I don't know if it was right away, but it was, it was maybe a year or two after they acquired it. They're like, hey, EA, you, why don't you go ahead and take all the video game stuff? And some of us are like, all right, cool, you know, EA, whatever, but it is EA. They're huge. They got the money. They can probably crank this stuff out. And lo and behold, all these years later, all we've gotten are a fantastic free-to-play mobile game, which we talked about. Two Battlefront games that have essentially introduced legislation to ban loot boxes in video games. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so, yay for those. <laughs> and that's it. So, uh, yes, things have gotten better since we came up with this list. I mean, we, we now know that Respawn is making Fallen Order. It looks fantastic. Uh, Lucasfilm Games, the publishing studio, development studio, has been reformed and reignited. So who knows? We might get some stuff out of that. But I'm still putting the blame on Disney here for just kind of lacking any oversight or direction with the license they gave to EA for the AAA Star Wars games.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they gave them like a an agreement with no actual terms to it. They were just like, Okay, you can make Star Wars AAA games and nobody else can, but they didn't give them like a release schedule. They didn't say like, okay, you have to put out this many AAA games, you know, by this time. They essentially just let them do whatever they wanted to do. And look, we heard early on that there were things in the works. Like we know that Visceral Games was working on something that got abandoned. Amy Hennig from, um, what you call it, from Naughty Dog, who Uncharted. had created, uh, yeah, the Uncharted franchise was working on it. And when she saw and heard of Jedi Fallen Order, like she was actually pretty upset. She was like, well, when I was making my game, EA said that they weren't interested in single player focused stories for Star Wars. And so clearly there's been some sort of disconnect between Disney and EA on what was expected for this license to be held by them. Um, In my opinion, you know, when I first heard this, I was super excited because I was like, you know... This was before Bioware went to complete shit. I was like, holy shit, EA still got Bioware. That's a podcast
0: in and of itself. Like, what the fuck happened to Bioware? That is a travesty.
1: Yeah, and I mean, look, I started playing Nice Hill Republic on May 4th, and I've still played it. I put 18 hours into the game. Like, I'm all in back into Nice Hill Republic. And, like, that was vintage BioWare, and this is what I expected. I expected something like that to come out of this EA license when I first heard about it, and we've had nothing. Like, we've essentially gotten a... Oh, the, a you hit it right
0: on the head. All I want is another co tour. Yeah. I, even Fallen Order, I, I'm super excited. I think it's going to be fun as fuck, but to me, it, it's essentially the Force Unleashed. It's just going to be another first-person... I'm sorry, another... First person game in a third person presentation action style, right? I yeah. want a 60, 70, hour plus RPG in in the vein of KOTOR.
1: Exactly. I, well, I don't like want MMO bullshit. I
0: know you got in the SWOTOR, and it, I'm sure that was great, but it's still MMO. It's not, it's not KOTOR. I want fucking KOTOR 2019, please. Agreed, agreed.
1: And, like, you know, as I'm playing this game, like, I love all the beats and, like, you start to remember things that you forgot when you played it initially. But I, I can't help but think to myself, like, if they did this today, this would be 50 times better. Yeah, Can I mean, you the imagine? game's 16
0: years old and, and you're playing on, like, beat-ass engines. I mean, I'm playing on my fucking iPad and it looks great. I mean, it looks better than the yeah. game did when it came out in 0.3 or whenever. But it still looks and plays like a game that's 16 years old.
1: Exactly. Like... It deserves, KOTOR, I'm not saying remake KOTOR, don't ever no, do No, I am, I'm saying KOTOR that too.
0: Movie. Go ahead and, and yeah. re reskin it, uprez it. I mean, we, we've up some ridiculous franchises. Oh, yeah. Let's up this motherfucker. Let's get yeah, do, full CG cutscenes, let's do it.
1: Yeah, give it the Final Fantasy VII there treatment, except not episodic. <laughs>
0: not go. episodic.
1: But yeah, I mean, but also, give us KOTOR 3. Like, you know, Obsidian says they're down for it. I don't know what the hell is going on at Bioware now. Like, I wouldn't even I, want I Bioware to touch
0: it. To be, I mean, because like, Obsidian. I know back when KotOR two came out, everyone's like, "Oh fuck, this is basically little brother shit here." It's not Bioware, but in the end, like Nick said, let's, let's take it. I don't give a shit. I don't want Bioware yeah. to touch it, anyways. They've effectively yeah. killed Mass Effect for me, and now Anthem is a, is a, is a fucking joke. So. Yeah, Obsidian, have at it. So it, this lack of games kind of stunk. It still stinks. And really what this has devolved into, Nick and I just want KOTOR 2019.
1: Yeah, KOTOR 3 or KOTOR original HD remake. Right. <laughs> Something like that.
0: HD remix, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, yeah. 2.5, 2.5
1: final final mix to (laughs) exactly
0: i don't even know what the fuck's going on with that franchise but last but not least and again this will be very brief because if you really want to get my full take on this get all the kids out of the room and fire up episode 40 it's the one we just released well if you're listening to this fresh it would have been yesterday on tuesday like i said episode 40 it's out there it's on the site starwars net it's on itunes spotify we're everywhere now people we are everywhere But real quickly, and this is a new dislike for Disney here, and this is this three-year break after The Rise of Skywalker before we get the next Star Wars movie. So we get Rise this year 19. We don't get anything until 2022, and we now know that it's going to be the Game of Thrones duo's film, but that's all we know. We don't know if it's standalone, if it's trilogy, what era it's set in, what it's going to be about. Uh, But the fact that we're taking that long of a break, and Iger again today said it's so we can kind of reset and reboot and reevaluate. I'm like, man, I want to fucking reset your face. (laughs) Like, reset this. It's not our fault. You shouldn't be punishing us because you guys made a bad fucking business decision with Solo. Fuck that. Don't listen to the trolls. Give me a break. I really don't think the anti-Disney Star Wars movement is that big. Yes, it's amplified by bots and social media. I just, I hate that answer. Like, oh, we need to rethink and refigure things out after Skywalker. It's like, no, you don't. You've had all all this time to think about that shit. Yeah, it's kind of disheartening
1: to... To think that they weren't planning for this, right? Because like, to me, Nick, what does this years. say to
0: you? This says we are responding to the negative cells. That's what it says yeah. to me. Yeah, it
1: definitely doesn't seem like it. We'll seems never like do two Star Wars
0: thing. movies in a year again. That's a reaction yeah. to negativity.
1: Yeah, like, and I don't think that they were prepared for it. Grant, like, I, I really don't.
0: Like, I don't think that oh, they. No, they I, in I this said position. as much. they were greedy and cocky.
1: Yeah, like, they, they didn't think that they were going to be in a TLJ position either. Oh, absolutely like they never not. Thought absolutely not. They, like, they, they were like, okay, like, after TFA, after Rogue One, they were, like, untouchable. And yeah, then, they're like,
0: Oh, if the worst t- critiques we get are that we're just remaking the old movies. We'll take it.
1: Yeah, we'll take it. But then TLJ comes out, and they didn't expect that. Yeah, you got and Mark Hamill, like, a, that's not
0: my Luke. <laughs> that's, yeah, Jake's That's Jake like, Skywalker, literally. like, oh, shit. Literally, oh, they shit. didn't know what to do. The fucking so. cast hates it. Like, oh.
1: Yeah. So then they were kind of like, they didn't respond fast enough to, to move solo. Like, even like they just weren't ready. And they still seem like they're not ready. Because now they're apprehensive. It seems like they're apprehensive with Rise of Skywalker. Basically, what this tells me is like, they're unsure if Rise of Skywalker is going to bang the way that they expect it to. Which is why they're given a three-year buffer. They don't—they're not given a three-year buffer because of solo. Like that's already done. Like you know the oh, solo no, damage. have. I mean he—he he
0: hinted as much. He's like, we're just gonna kind of pause and reset after the, the whole Skywalker thing settles. Yeah,
1: like they're literally waiting to see like is Rise yeah, gonna make are, a billion. Are people
0: going to burn the theaters down? Yeah, cuz like people're going to still true, go to Ryan Johnson's house and scream at him for TLJ after they see Rise of Skywalker. Yeah,
1: I mean like that's the true tell. Like if Rise doesn't make a billion dollars, then we're in trouble. Like that's the truth of it. And the best like, part Rise,
0: is TLJ made over a billion dollars.
1: Yeah, like TLJ crossed the billion dollar mark. Like but if Rise doesn't, then Disney's got a lot of thinking on their hands and they gave them their, they gave themselves 3 years to to like think a lot. Because if that movie comes in and makes seven hundred fifty million dollars, I'll tell you what. That worldwide. movie comes
0: in and only makes that much. I'm I'm gonna personally bitch slap every Star Wars fan out there. Because as Nick's saying, that that could effectively ruin Star Wars forever. Like it, it'll just yeah. go back to being in hibernation when George was sitting on it.
1: Yeah, like it will be a Disney Plus property in my opinion. Like yeah, they'll give. But, as, like, I don't know. I mean, like, will they continue on with the, the trilogy for Weiss and Benioff? They may. Like, I don't know. They, they're they're but, not
0: pulling Ripcord. No way. Yeah. They, they've like, already I, gotten millions invested. In it. I, I mean, I guarantee those guys are, have been working in studio, writing creative shit for really since they wrapped God 8.
1: Yeah. So they there's no getting out of it after that. But I think 2026, they they evaluate and they say, like, well, Star Wars is a Disney plus property now. Oh, my God. Which is not what... That's
0: blasphemy. We we need to end this right now, now that you just said that. I mean, I I feel like we may have just spoken some poison into the universe. Yeah, feel sullied by it. I Uh, I know, I do. I feel dirty. I'm getting itchy in places where I don't want to be itching right now, so... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and pull the plug, but in all honesty, we, we made it to the end of our dislikes, and it clearly wasn't as long as our list of likes, because for the most part, Nick is a very positive person, and and my dark side energy can only pull him down so far, while his light tends to lift me up much more than my dark brings him down, so... You know, we had a few poo-poo moments for Disney, but mostly positive. And in the end, I'm still glad they did what they did, and I'm glad that George decided to sell and make himself a cool four Bill. So that wraps this episode of the Star Wars Time show, a special cast. You know what you can do. You can always tune in. You can find the show on StarWarsTime.net. We've got all our subscription links there. A moron could figure it out. But even if you still can't figure it out, just come to us. We'll point you in the right direction. If you want to put it on YouTube, we got that for you. If you want it on Spotify, we got that. If you want on TuneIn, we've got that too. Like I said, there is a place, there is a platform for you to consume the Star Wars Time Show. All right, my friends, until next time, may the Force be with you, always. <laughs>